flaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 119 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Nate, Ashley, Ashley, and Steph. And we are now less than three weeks away from the VMAs, which I'm definitely looking forward to. That will be on Sunday, August 30th. And there was a little bit of, not drama, but a little bit of stirred news this week from Miley Cyrus. And she is the host of the VMAs this year, which should be really interesting. But anyway, she did make a little comment about Taylor earlier this week. She said basically that she doesn't get the whole violence revenge thing, meaning the Bad Blood music video, how, you know, there was some rockets and violence, if you will. And then she says that she's a bad role model because she's often very risque. And she said she's not really sure how being very risque is worse than guns. So it just caused a little stir in the whole music world. And what did you guys think about that? I mean, I think she's completely right. And I'm going to stop supporting Taylor and only like Miley Cyrus now. I'm going to jump on board and jump on the bandwagon. I mean, that was just a really well-constructed argument. I, I get what she's saying. Taylor is obviously not who we should look up to. So I'm really glad that she brought that to our attention. <laughs> it's my girl, Miley. Oh yeah, <laughs> Miley cast. <laughs> this is now Miley cast. <laughs> well, as uh, what well, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, just briefly, and what Ashley said, which I 100% agree with, is that everything that Miley does, she absolutely brings onto herself. She tries to create this image intentionally for herself. So it's kind of strange to me that she would come out and say these things, you know, trying to victimize herself or some of this. So I'm not too sure where she's really coming from any of that. I mean, I'm not even sure what of everything Miley does is even stuff that she wants to be doing because it seems like it's all purposely stuff that she does just so that people will talk about how bad and wild she is. So it's really confusing to me that now she's complaining about this. My first impression was that she wants to get big ratings for the VMAs and she's the host. She wants it to be talked about. So she thought she would just stir up some drama in advance to see how she reacts when Taylor wins nine awards at the VMAs. <laughs> I mean, she knows Taylor's the most nominated. She's going to be on stage a lot. And, you know, what better way than to give yourself publicity than to use Taylor's name? It's true. It's a good point. Often at these award shows, the host, you know, likes to take shots little jabs at the different celebrities in attendance. So I hope that Miley doesn't take a rough shot at Taylor or make a, a bad joke about her because I just don't want to see that. I'm sure she will. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> This is so similar to what you were saying about the whole Nikki situation a couple of weeks ago, how maybe Nikki wasn't even talking about Taylor, but then she purposely said and did things to lead people to believe that she was just because it seemed like she's wanting to piggyback off of Taylor's name for the attention. And then she said, why do you think this is about you? I wasn't talking about you, but you purposely acted like you were just so that your name and Taylor's name will be in all these articles. And I feel like Miley is doing the same thing. Well, a little bit later in the episode, we will remind you about the different nominations that Taylor has and how you can go vote for the VMAs. But for now, let's move into a fun segment looking back at Taylor's older tweets from right around this time in previous years. Cool. So our first one is from August 5th, 2009, and Taylor tweets, Cooked all night with some of my favorite girls, then watched CSI, then YouTube videos of cute kittens. What can I say? I'm a thug. 
Our next one comes from August 7th, 2009, just a few days later. Taylor tweeted, about to leave. Packing frantically, check. The cat's getting all clingy, check. Mental checklists, check. <laughs> Whose cat is that in the suite? Has to be her parents' cat. Must be. Hmm. On August 5th, 2010, she tweeted, I landed in Japan and got 20 texts and looked at iTunes and got tears in my eyes. And so we begin again. And then she had a photo, which was a screenshot of the iTunes chart. And this was when mine had just come out and it was number one on the chart. What was really funny about that is it was released unexpectedly because it was being leaked. So when Taylor boarded the plane, she had no idea what was happening. And then when she landed, it was number one. <laughs> I remember that day. She also used a song title in this tweet. She did. A future song title. Mm -hmm. Begin again. I bet she was alluding to the next album. <laughs> <laughs> If I remember correctly, when she did the live stream announcement for Speak Now, she didn't have an audience. I know it was just her talking to the camera. Didn't she say the first single is going to be called Mine and it'll be out on whatever date? I think so. And I feel like that's why it probably leaked. And I think it's smart that now when she announces it is when she also released it at the same time. Right. I definitely think that's why with Red, she just immediately played the single. On August 4th, 2011, Taylor tweeted, Wait, what? The meme video got nominated for a VMA? Beyond excited. If you feel like voting, mtv.com. Our next one comes from August 5th, 2012. She's actually watching the Olympics. And it was an Instagram post of Meredith just sitting on the bed watching TV. So our next one is from August 11th, 2014, last year, uh, almost one year ago today. Taylor tweets, did you guess right? And then she links to her website with the hashtag TaylorSwiftYahoo, seven days. And of course, that's referring to the live stream. I cannot believe we're coming up on the year. Yeah, August 18th. Which means that if we go by our normal schedule, the 1989 era is basically 50% over as of today. No. Album six one year from today oh no we're already starting the album six. Oh yeah album five was album five for so long <laughs> <laughs> it was oh my god seemed like an eternity one year from now we might be getting some clues about album six whoa well there's been a lot of news in the past week so let's move on to keeping up with swift our first piece of news there was a theater in Sydney, Australia that was left in a difficult situation when just before the opening of their new play, Taylor's label said they couldn't use Shake It Off in the production. And after posting about it on social media, seven hours later, Taylor tweeted, permission granted. Good luck with your opening night. That was awesome. That is really cool. I hope that gets, well, kind of defeats the whole purpose of the copyright thing, but I hope it gets posted somewhere. We could actually like watch the, the performance. It'd be cool. Yeah, I think she should grant permission for all the tour videos they keep deleting off of YouTube. I agree. It's very sad when you want to relive everything and you can't. Well, Taylor announced earlier in the week that Wildest Dreams is going to be the next single, and I was a little surprised, but also really excited. What about you guys? I was really surprised, but then I thought about it, and it really makes a lot of sense because we talked about a few weeks ago how Wildest Dreams is already gold, and we said how that's amazing. It's never been released as a single. It was never even a promo single, and yet it was gold. So from a business standpoint, it's really smart to use Wildest Dreams. And I'm also excited because it's just a different song, and I think people will get to see a different side of Taylor who might not know as much about her as we do, and then they'll just go by the whole album increase sales and that's always a good thing 
Definitely. Yeah, it's very different than the other singles. The last few were obviously Bad Blood, Style, and Blank Space, and this is obviously a very different type of song. So I was kind of surprised that it wasn't New Romantics, but I think she hinted that there still might even be more singles to come down the road. So we very well might get New Romantics still. I think we will. She said on Tumblr this will not be the final one. And I guess she said it's not going to be the tour video. So I still think New Romantics will be a really good tour video. And the fact that a few weeks ago we were saying how Big Machine listed it on its website, I think, as the next single. And that's why I thought it was for sure going to be the next single. But I'm glad she's doing Wildest Dreams. I'm kind of wondering if it will be edited down because it is sort of a longer song. I'm just interested to hear the actual radio version. I was wondering that too. Because like back to December, they shortened it. I don't want them to shorten it, but I don't know. Do we have any initial hopes or dreams for the music video? I did want to mention, back when Bad Blood was being filmed, the director of Bad Blood, who is Joseph Kahn, had been tweeting some hilarious things about filming a pancake commercial. And obviously that was just code for Bad Blood, because he wasn't giving away that he was doing it or who was in it or anything like that. And recently he's been tweeting about a toothpaste commercial. So could that mean Wildest Dreams? Maybe. Oh, I hope so. I keep thinking about how with the style music video, somebody redid it and set it to Wildest Dreams. And it was like a perfect song video for that song. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm excited to see. I think it would be really cool if she does sort of a similar thing that she did with Bad Blood and has it premiere at the VMAs. That would be awesome. Do we think that she's going to perform Wildest Dreams at the VMAs or do you think maybe she'll just skip performing? I think she'll skip. I wish she would perform Wildest Dreams, but I was thinking maybe she just would show the video for the first time there. That would be cool. Get a lot of publicity for it. Ooh, I think I made this prediction a long time ago. I forget exactly what I said, but I think I predicted at some award show she was going to sing Bad Blood with Kendrick on the verses. Maybe she could do that at the VMAs. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, I just don't know if I think she'll have enough time to rehearse for that in between all of her California tour dates. They're perfect. They don't need to rehearse. True. Well, we're going to talk about Wildest Dreams on next week's episode. We actually have been doing song discussions of the new album, and things got so busy. We've had so many other things to talk about with you guys that we actually still have a few left to discuss, and Wildest Dreams is one of them. So look forward to episode 120. In other exciting news, the 1989 tour, just through 20 shows, has already grossed $86 million. Raise your hand if you're a proud contributor to that amount. <laughs> My hand is raised. I think we've all done our part to get it there. I think just alone I've spent $86 million on this tour. <laughs> I feel like his numbers are inaccurate. <laughs> That's awesome, though. That's so impressive. Man, that's crazy. Now, how much did the entire Red Tour gross? Do we remember? 150.2 million. Man, that's insane. How many shows do we have left now on the 89 tour? A lot. And I also don't know how they calculate it. So I wonder if all the tickets that have already been sold for every show are counted in this or if they're only counting the ticket sales of the shows that have already happened. I think the shows that have only happened, but one thing, like you said, I don't know either, is do they count just the ticket revenue or are they counting concessions and merchandise at all the different stadiums and who really knows? 
this was in a billboard article and it said it was u.s shows the 20 shows were u.s shows it didn't include tokyo and there have already been more than 20 u.s shows so it must have been just the beginning ones mm -hmm. it's probably broke 100 million by now well and there's still the european shows and the canadian shows that she's done so far if they're not counting those in this right i think it'll exceed the red tour definitely oh absolutely yeah probably one of the highest grossing tours of all time of all time well, it seems like Taylor has completely gotten rid of You Are In Love from the set list. Um, it has always no. been replaced. I know, that's sad. But it has always been replaced by a surprise song in many, many of the last shows. And this past week in Edmonton, there were two shows, and the surprise songs were Night 1, 15, and Night 2, Fearless. Fearless would have been really cool. Yeah. Speaking of songs being cut, it seems like this love might also be cut. No. Taylor, why must you cut songs from your set list? Just add them. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about that. I love the little sparks as they walked back to the main stage. Yeah. Do we think that's just because of a time constraint and that's why she's cutting it? Because I'd be so bummed if she like officially cuts that from the set list altogether. I'm not sure. It's been a while, though. My theory on it is that the Canadian venues that she was at the last couple weeks had stricter curfews because she had to shorten it. And then Seattle had a special guest and also kind of the detour of bringing out Sean when they sang Happy Birthday. So for that reason, she cut it, but it will be back. That's what I think. That's true. She did bring Sean out. I hope so. But, I mean, are these places so strict that you can't add five minutes to a show? It seems kind of overkill. Well, I also think the fact that she stays after for Lost 89 takes some of that time because I think that they have to be basically cleared out of the venue by a certain time. Yeah, that's true, because she's still around in the venue and the employees still have to be there. And So, that's my guess, but we'll just have to see. It could come back from the dead. Oh, nice one. I hope so, just because I also like that she brings the backup singers out, and it's just a great song. Yeah, that's really one of the only parts of the show when you get to see them clearly. It really is. There's so much going on on the catwalk that when they're on the main stage, you don't even really see them. Now, speaking of things getting cut from the show, I don't know if I said this at all, but in Chicago, I noticed during Out of the Woods, the paper airplane confetti was missing. She didn't fire it off both nights. Has she done that since then? I haven't, I haven't checked. Seems to be gone. Yeah, it's been missing. No! <laughs> I'm so bummed. Yeah, I'm glad I got some while she was still firing it, I guess. Really? I didn't get any. I got like two pieces. <laughs> yeah, I'm bummed about that too. <sighs> I really wanted some paper airplane confetti. At the end of the shows, I always push my way up to the front. I'm like, get out of my way. I'm getting confetti. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Everyone's just peacefully exiting. I'm like, get out of my way. <laughs> I should have done that because I was never close enough. Mm -hmm. It's cool. If you want to get it, you can actually walk on the floor after, like, if you had a lower level seat or whatever, if you wanted to go onto the floor, like, none of the uh, people who initially check tickets will stop you, so. Oh, see, I didn't know that. That's why I never got any. I was prepared. If they did, I'd be like, oh, I'm meeting my friends down there, so get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, well, our next bit of news here is that Ryan Adams is covering the entire 1989 album. What do you guys think about this? I think Taylor is really, really excited about it. She is. She's been posting nonstop on Twitter about it. So far, I've seen clips for, let's see, we've had Bad Blood, Out of the Woods. I'm not sure what else. Do we know, is this just going to be something he posts like on YouTube or is he going to release it like on iTunes? 
I don't know, but I think it's really interesting that someone in such a, I guess not such a different genre, but just a different kind of artist would like 1989 so much that he would want to do this. I think it's pretty cool. It just seems like it's going to be a really big deal. So I think it's pretty exciting. And it's interesting to hear the little clips, just to hear how he interprets the songs and kind of reinvents them. Yeah, reinvents the song. That's a good word for it. It'd be interesting, yeah. I don't know, Adam. I hope he puts it just on YouTube so that we can all get them. Our next piece of news, Taylor over the weekend had her show in Seattle, and her special guest was Fetty Wap, and they sang Trap Queen. Interesting choice. The super mainstream, very popular, much-anticipated song. (laughs) Fetty Wap. I'm sorry. I'm just really confused. I don't know what to say about this. Anyone else confused? Yeah, I don't have too much to say other than interesting choice. I'm confused that Taylor said it was her favorite night of her entire life. <laughs> That's all I'm confused about. I think she was just being an overdramatic tweeter. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> I'm all for her bringing out rappers, and I like seeing that side of her, but the song just does not click for me. I much prefer Ed's version of the song. I'm really glad that Ed covered it because I had to watch his performance of it today just to try and get what the words were. (laughs) I watched the performance video and I just couldn't make much out. I haven't seen Ed's performance yet. You guys said it was really awesome. I'm really going to have to check this out. It's just like an acoustic session he recorded in a studio like he often does and just him and his guitar and a couple backup singers and it's really good. I think it was for Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, the roots for performing with him. You know he's a great artist when you see, because I've seen articles around that say like Ed Sheeran's cover songs that are better than the original song. They all are. They all are. I've never seen a cover from him that I didn't like. Also that night, the secret song was Mean, and she had Russell Wilson and Sierra walk the runway during style. And as Ashley mentioned earlier, Taylor also invited Sean Mendez out so that the crowd can sing him happy birthday. That was nice of her to do. Kind of funny, Russell Wilson just like walking out on stage. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a funny uh, funny choice. Yeah, I guess Russell Wilson is dating Sierra. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh, I didn't know that. That's okay. Okay. Yep. It's really hard when the shows are on the West Coast because I try and stay up late and I don't always make it. So I woke up in the middle of the night when the show was over and was reading all the updates. And at first I saw Sierra and I was like, wait, does she sing Trap Queen? Like, what is Trap Queen? What is going on? (laughs) I just didn't know. But interesting choices all around for Seattle show. Well, yeah, at first I was thinking the Seahawks didn't win the Super Bowl this year. I thought if they had one, then it would be really awesome to have Russell out there. But obviously, Seattle has a huge Seahawk fan base, and they won the Super Bowl the previous year. And the fact that he's dating Sierra probably also made it easier to get both of them out there. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that's what it was. Our last piece of news is just a reminder about the VMAs. Taylor has several nominations, which include Video of the Year for Bad Blood, Best Pop Video for Blank Space, Best Female Video for Blank Space, Best Collaboration for Bad Blood, Best Art Direction for Bad Blood, Best Cinematography, Best Direction, Best Editing, and Best Visual Effects, all for Bad Blood. And then if you go to MTV.com, the ones that you can vote for are Video of the Year, Best Pop Video, Best Female Video, and Best Collaboration. And all of those are open for voting until August 13th, which by the time this episode comes out, voting will be just about to close. So make sure you get your votes in while you can. Bad Blood is going to own the VMAs. We hope. Uh, We know. (laughs) 
Well, the upcoming schedule has a lot of pretty exciting dates that will be going on. This week, August 14th and 15th, Taylor will be at Santa Clara, California, Levi's Stadium. Then on August 17th and 18th, she will be at Glendale, Arizona at the Gila River Arena. And then the big shows in LA will be on August 21st, 22nd, 24th, 25th, and 26th at the Staples Center. So that's really exciting. Last time she was at the Staples Center, they presented her with these special plaques for selling out the arena so many times. And so I'm expecting she'll probably get something again because she had five shows. I think she holds some kind of record for maybe the most sold out shows there. I'm not positive, but it should be pretty exciting. Yeah, that sounds right. It's something like in the teens, number of sold out shows or something. If I lived in LA, I would be going to all five of those shows. Absolutely. I'm still sad I can't go. I know. Because as history indicates, there are going to be some awesome surprises and special guests there. Who was it last year? I remember J-Lo for sure. There were so many. J-Lo, Sarah Bareilles. Tegan and Sarah. Hopefully we get a cool throwback like J-Lo. Oh yeah, actually I just looked this up because I was curious. Taylor tied the record for the most sold-out shows in Staples Center history. And that's when they gave her this plaque before the Red Tour in August of 2013. And so I'm pretty sure no one else has sold out the Staples Center five times since then. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure she secured the record this time. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. Well, that was a lot of good news and a very busy upcoming schedule. But for now, let's take a look at some of our listener-submitted mini-segments. Our first one comes from Vinny on Twitter, and Vinny said, When you're in class and a Taylor song comes on and everybody just stares at you. Hashtag Swifty Problems. Everyone is staring at you, Vinny. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. They just must know that he's a big fan, and so when the song comes on, Hey, Vinny, it's Taylor. Or next one comes from at underscore Maria PR underscore on Twitter. And she says, being from Spain and not being able to vote for the VMAs. Hashtag Swifty problems. Oh, boo. I didn't know that international people could not vote. Our next one comes from at Kayla underscore Schaefer. She says, trying to decide what I want my poster to look like for my concert. I'm so indecisive. Sad face. Even with going to multiple shows, I feel like I have a lot of good ideas that I'm not going to be able to use and I'm sad. Could be one of those people that uses old stuff from the old tours. <laughs> Just like reuse it next tour. <laughs> Junior Jewel shirt for the Album 6 tour. Oh yeah. <laughs> While Kayla Schaefer sent in another one also, when you're in Walmart and Blank Face comes on, you start dancing and singing and then see an employee staring at you. Swifty problems. <laughs> The next one is from at Anna Dawson Live. When the BuzzFeed list of Taylor memes will not load. Swifty problems, first world problems. If you haven't seen this BuzzFeed article, it's pretty cool. I think she's referring to the one 27 times Taylor failed so hard she almost won. And it's got all these funny gifts of Taylor and the whole thing. Our next one is from Val Ibarra30 on Twitter. And Nate needs to read this one because he's really excited to read it. I'm really excited. So this tweet is in Spanish. So she tweets, Un chavo le propuso matrimonio a su novia mientras conocían a Taylor Swift 13. OMG, ¿me puede pasar algo así? Por favor! Hashtag Swifty Problems. Wow, Nate. Awesome. Nice work, Nate. (laughs) It's important to note that most of the tweet was in all caps also. (laughs) The translation is something along the lines of, A guy proposed to his girlfriend while meeting Taylor. OMG, can this please happen to me? Swifty Problems. 
por favor. <laughs> this is my favorite tweet I've ever done. <laughs> that happened last night in Seattle, and the pictures from it are really cute. That's awesome. We have some Spanish-speaking SwiftCast listeners. So maybe send us another one. We'll do it again next week. <laughs> Well, let's move on to our fashion segment, and we have a lot of it this week because we have the, well, many of the outfits from the Vanity Fair photo shoot. But our first one, let's start with the 1989 tour meet and greet from Vancouver on August 1st. Taylor was wearing an Alice and Olivia Sarah Jacquard crop top, normally $198, on sale for $118.80. And also an Alice and Olivia Vernon Jacquard flared skirt. And that's normally $255 on sale for $152.98. That was a really cute outfit. I like the pattern and the color a lot. So our next one comes from Loft89 in Edmonton. This is on August 4th. And she was seen wearing a Ronnie Kobo Ada crop top for original price $186 on sale for $64. She wore an Urban Outfitters Edith skirt, $49 normal price, sale price $39. And she also wore Prada peep toe slingback sandals, which are no longer available. Our next one is from Loft89 in Seattle on August 8th. Taylor wore a mink pink garden bed picnic print crop top and that retails for $39.41 but is on sale for $19.71 with a Urban Outfitters flirt with me seamed skirt and sky which is $49. And then we have quite a few outfits from the recent Vanity Fair magazine that came out and the first one is from the Yves Saint Laurent fall 2015 collection. It's a silver and black long sleeve dress and it's the picture where Taylor is on the couch in the photo shoot and with that she has on the Cassidy evening heel which is $795. I'm guessing the dress has no price because nobody could afford it. True. A lot of these pieces don't have prices. The next one is when Taylor's wearing this white and black dress that's like a v-neck and it's white on the right side and it's black on the left side. And that is from Celine Fall 2015. And then she's also wearing Harry Winston diamond link earrings and the price for that is also not listed. I was reading on Tumblr, somebody said that in this photo, she also has like a netted blindfold over her eyes and there's a guy standing behind her and somebody tweeted that it looked like she just killed like her husband and is having an affair with a gardener or something. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is the one where she is wearing the feather coat and that feather coat is from Stella McCartney pre-fall 2015. And in the next picture, she was wearing a Balmain Fall 2015 long black and white striped coat, but she complemented it with a Lviv white diamond scarf necklace. And there's no price listed on that one. I would love to know what the price is because it's actually like a scarf necklace. It looks (laughs) like it's wrapped up like a scarf and it's all diamonds. That is probably extremely expensive. And our next one is where Taylor is pictured leaning against a bar, and she's wearing a Chloe Fall 2015 velvet v-necked black gown and Giuseppe Zanotti Ella heels, and there's no price listed for those. Pretty sure we can't afford them. (laughs) 
Uh, the last outfit from the Vanity Fair shoot is the Ralph Lauren Fall 2015 black v-neck dress where Taylor is sitting on a chair. And with those, she has on Agent Provocateur silk stockings, which are $120, and Brian Atwood Magda Strauss crystal and satin bow pumps, which are $1,595. As always, thank you to TaySwiftStyle.com for tracking down all of these outfits. And if you would like to see the pictures and learn more about them, please visit the website at TaySwiftStyle.com. For our main discussion today, we would like to discuss the various quotes from the Vanity Fair article, which was a good article. It gave us a lot of background into different topics like Apple, Taylor's friends, Kanye, her legacy, all kinds of different things. So we will jump right in and first look at her quotes about Apple. Well, regarding Apple, the article wrote, I wrote the letter at around 4 a.m., Swift said. The contracts had just gone out to my friends, and one of them sent me a screenshot of one of them. I read the term 0% compensation to rights holders. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll write a song, and I can't sleep until I finish it. And it was like that with this letter. She worried. People would say, why won't she shut up about this? My fears were that I would be looked at as someone who just whines and rants about this thing that no one else is ranting about. Swift said she consulted only one person before releasing the letter on the internet. I read it to my mom, she says. She is always going to be the one. I just said, I'm really scared of this letter, but I had to write it. I might not post it, but I had to say it. Apple surprised Swift by almost immediately changing its plan not to compensate artists during the trial period of its new streaming service. Says Swift, Apple treated me like I was a voice of a creative community that they actually cared about, she says. And I found it really ironic that the multi-billion dollar company reacted to criticism with humility, and the startup with no cash flow reacted to criticism like a corporate machine. Oh, wow. That is a burn. <laughs> Obviously, the startup is referring to Spotify. In my head, I can see people saying, oh, Taylor's next song is going to be about Spotify. Just go write a song about it. But this was cool. I love that she read it to her mom before she posted it. Yeah, that's nice. You know, I'm glad to be comforted that her number one still in her life is her mom that she would read this to. That's really very nice. Yeah, she actually had another quote about Andrea where she said that as a songwriter, she sometimes talks to herself a lot. <laughs> but then she said, or I call my mom. My mom is the last straw. She is the last ditch effort for me to feel better because she's really good at being rational and realistic. She is always going to bring me back to a place where I'm not so imbalanced. And it was cool to see that she wrote that letter at 4 a.m. Like most of her songs, it seems like she does her best writing in the middle of the night. She does, yeah. There were some other good quotes in this article. I wish the article had been even longer because she talked about a lot of interesting topics that we don't get to hear about as much. And they asked her about her friends, and I think this sounded really similar to some of the quotes that her friends themselves have in the videos that she shows on tour. She said, When you've got this group of girls who need each other as much as we need each other, in this climate when it's so hard for women to be understood and portrayed the right way in the media, now more than ever we need to be good and kind to each other and not judge each other. And just because 
you have the same taste in men. We don't hold that against each other. And she was talking about how she would never put a friend after a guy. And even if a friend dates her ex, I think her quote says something like, you know, friendship to me is so much more important than just some guy who it didn't work out with. Yeah, that's awesome. I know when she went to lunch with Gigi and Joe and they were on the boat together in London, I was thinking, I wonder if that's awkward at all. I mean, I knew they were good. Taylor wrote Holy Ground. You know, he's they seem pretty cool with each other. But I still was thinking, I wonder if that's awkward at all. So it's good. She has no issues. And you know when you see one of those articles that says, a source close to Swift says... Which is like every article. Yeah, and here's a little quote that basically tells you all of those are complete BS. Taylor said that anytime she reads one of those tabloid articles that says, a source close to Swift says... It's always incorrect. None of my friends are talking. They know everything. So it just goes to show that all those magazines and tabloid websites that say, a source close to Swift says, and then it's some absurd thing, it's always going to be false. I always laugh at that. It's like it's like some dude at whatever blog that they're from is like, oh yeah, I'm close to Swift. I'll tell you what you said. Well, anyway, this part always interests me just because of the whole Kanye thing the back and forth thing that they always seem to go through and i'll just read the little quote because it's it's not long taylor says i feel like i wasn't ready to be friends with west until i felt like he had some sort of respect for me and he wasn't ready to be friends with me until he had some sort of respect for me so it was the same issue and we both reached the same place at the same time swift says i became friends with jay-z and i think it was important for jay-z for kanye and i to all get along and then kanye and i both reached a place where he would say really nice things about my music and what i've accomplished and I could ask him how his kid's doing. So it's interesting to me, I don't know. Over the years, of course, everyone knows they're back and forth since, you know, 2009 VMAs, so. It's interesting to me that it took him until 2015 to have respect for her. I guess I'm not surprised, though. <laughs> yeah, he takes a while, I guess. But, I mean, also, though, like I think we've said, I guess starting in 2014, but really recently was just when the media started changing what they were saying and acting towards her and really focusing on her music instead of crazy rumors. So I guess that contributed to it too. Right. I'm glad it's showing the more positive side. And I'm glad that they're actually having kind of a friendship now. So. In another part of the article, um, Taylor was talking about leaving a legacy behind. And she quoted, if you look at Oprah, she's made so many people happy over the years, Swift says. She's made so much money, but she's given so much of it away. Same thing with Angelina Jolie. She's been so productive, but she's used that position to better other people's lives. And I think that's where I'd want to be. That just makes me think, you get Loft 89. You get Loft 89. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I definitely think she's already there. I mean, with all the stuff she's done with giving to different charity organizations and the GoFundMes and all that. I mean, I feel like she's already got to that point and still continuing to do so. Yeah, definitely. We couldn't even list the number of charities she's donated to over the years. Oh my god, I know, seriously. It's ridiculous. I mean, really, she's a true philanthropist. I think that's that's one of the things that people always say about her, too, why they why they really like Taylor is because she's such a good role model. She does all these good things. I'm glad that over the years she's stuck with being so attentive on what type of legacy that she leaves behind because she's quoted before talking about these things talking about how i think probably the most famous one is she says i think being nice to people 
is such a wonderful legacy to leave behind. I mean, she's seen talking about these things, and you know, like, truly, she actually wants to really use the resources that she has now to really help people out there. So I think that's great, honestly. She doesn't get wrapped up in, in some of the other things, like some of these other artists who end up going bankrupt over random things, either spending too much or lawsuits or things like that. So it's really cool how, how attentive she is to that. Taylor also had some interesting quotes about relationships. She just said that last year, really after she released Red, she decided that she wasn't going to go looking for a relationship, especially if it meant changing who she was. She said, that was the way I decided to go on with my life, not looking for anything not necessarily being open to anything and only being open to the idea that if I found someone who would never try to change me, that would be the only person I could fall in love with because, you know, I was in love with my life. So sort of really the, the interesting thing about this is it's all in the past tense. So I think that's a takeaway from this quote. It's good. If Taylor's happy, we're happy. Taylor also mentioned that it's really important for her friends and her boyfriend to get along. She said, it's so important. In every friendship group, you've got one or two girls where you hear people say, oh, she's so different around her boyfriend, and I never wanted to be that girl. So that was a huge girl of mine. Never, ever become someone else for the sake of a relationship. She also mentioned that when trying to maintain your identity in a new relationship. She said it can be kind of difficult, especially if you're a people pleaser. But she said what you really need to do is find someone to date who is not critical. Because the most painful thing is trying to love someone who is critical in their nature. And then I guess they asked her if that ever happened to her. And she said, uh, yes, but usually I don't make the same mistakes twice. I make new ones, but I don't usually repeat my old ones. And we know Calvin's been very supportive of Taylor. He goes to all these shows and favorites everything she does on Twitter. So, Well, also in the article, there was a little bit of discussion about the media. And to paraphrase what was said, it basically talked about how in 2012 and 2013, Taylor didn't go online at all. I mean, she wasn't on Tumblr at that point. She wasn't interacting with fans nearly as much as she does now, but I think she was more referring to the fact that she didn't go online and read about what the media was saying about her, because everything that they were writing was so false and so bad, and that was just the point when she decided that she didn't want to be dating anybody, and you know, during those years is when 1989 was written. That's where we got all of these, you know, strong independent woman songs from. Yeah, she had a cool quote here that reminded me of one of her other quotes. She said, I had to go into my little emotional bunker and pretend there weren't any bombs going off outside. And she had another quote about, I think, a hurricane going on outside. Just because it's out there, you don't have to look at it. I forget what interview that was from, but it was a few years ago. She's very consistent. Definitely. I remember that quote like it was yesterday. And just in talking about the media and how it can be so, quote-unquote, overwhelmingly inaccurate, Taylor brought up the media's sort of comparison between Taylor and Madonna back when Madonna released her music video and it featured a lot of celebrities like Beyonce and Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus for her new music video. And of course the media said it was exactly like Bad Blood. And Taylor said she felt so much resentment 
that the media would take two women who made ambitious music videos and use that as a qualifying factor to comparing and contrasting them. And she said she and Madonna got along so well at the iHeartRadio Music Awards and she was just so upset about seeing this but there was nothing Taylor could do, there was nothing Madonna could do because quote unquote that's the way the world works right now. And just talking about her relationship with Madonna, she said Madonna put jewelry on her before they actually went on stage. And then when Taylor was in her dressing room, she said she liked this candle that was there. And then a week later, Madonna just sent her the same exact thing. So that was cool. Then really interestingly, Taylor said that she and Madonna may collaborate at some point. And then the media will realize there was no weird tension or competitive factor. Do you think we'll see Madonna as a 1989 tour guest? I think I predicted her. I said they should do Vogue and have like a million models walk in the runway. It definitely (laughs) would not surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised. LA. LA. Yeah, I could see them doing maybe not her most recent single, but Ghost Town. I think they should do Vogue because it's an 80s song and the runway would be so perfect. It needs to happen. Well, there was also a little video that Vanity Fair posted that was called Taylor's Word Association Game, where they gave her like a rapid fire set of words and she just had to say the first thing that came to her mind. So she had some funny answers. Vanity Fair said summer and Taylor said 4th of July. New York. Taylor said fashion. 1989. Taylor said favorite thing I've done. That was interesting. I'm surprised she didn't say my birth year or I mean really anything. She said favorite thing I've done. I think that's really cool. Yeah, she took it as a like a sense of the album, maybe not the year. So That's so awesome. They said 2020. She said I'll be 30. They said award shows. She said terror. They said Nashville. She said parents house and they said your hair and she said short and manageable. I was not at all surprised by the summer one. I was a little disappointed that she associates Nashville with her parents' house now. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, I, I was a little bit surprised about that. Instead of country or or grassroots or, I don't know, something like that. I mean, it's where she sort of really began her journey. <laughs> but, you know, I get it. I mean, she's got to make the full transition to pop. Another thing that surprised me was award shows with terror. I get that they can be terrifying for her, but it seems like she also has a lot of fun at them. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't say dance party. That would have been a good one. I wish I could ask her more about that. There was another thing in the video that she had said. I guess they must have asked her what kind of thing she carries around with her. And she was saying stuff that's always in her purse. And she carries around birthday cards. And I thought that was funny because she says you'll never know who you'll run into. And it's their birthday. So that's why she carries those around. Yeah, that was awesome. Are they Taylor Swift branded American greeting cards? I hope so. (laughs) That would actually be really funny. The singing one. There we go. It's typical Taylor. I'm not surprised by that at all. So we thought it'd be fun to play a little version of our own word association game. To keep it simple, we'll just keep the same things that were asked to Taylor, but I'll mix up the order so we can get the spontaneous reaction of uh, what you guys think. So who wants to go first? Oh, you pick us. Put us on the spot. Oh, who do I pick first? How about I'll pick Ashley S. Cool with you? It's cool with me. Okay. First thing that comes to your mind. Award shows. Taylor Dancing. 1989. Uh, 1989. Best album ever. Your hair. Uh, kind of short. 
Summer. Fourth of July. I'm going to agree with Taylor on that one. New York. Ooh, an awesome city that there's too many things to see, but I'm going to try to see everything. <laughs> Nashville. Uh, where Taylor started. And 2020. Can't think that far ahead. <laughs> cool. All right, next up we'll go dun-dun-dun, Nate. Okay. All right, New York. Uh, rooftop. 2020. I'll be 30. <laughs> Award shows. Magical. Summer. Sunshine. 1989. Uh, amazing record. Your hair. Luscious. Nashville. Red Tour. All right. I think I got them all right. All right. Next up is Ashley. Ashley, first thing you think of summer. Rhode Island. Your hair. Too long. Nashville. Taylor's house. New York. Statue of Liberty costume that Taylor still needs to wear. 2020. Hopefully album seven tour. Cool. 1989. So much money. And award shows. Kanye. 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 <laughs> Those are good. And Steph, first thing that comes to mind when I say Nashville. Bluebird. 2020. Yeah, I had the same thought as Ashley, like album seven, album eight. New York. Taylor's live stream. Summer. Best season ever. 1989. Best era ever. Mm. Award shows. Taylor dancing. And your hair. Short. And also manageable, like Taylor's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, 2020. Um, five years from now. Too quick. Put you on the spot yeah. too fast. <laughs> Your hair. Keep it short. Summer. Golfing. New York. Haven't been there, but I want to. Mm. Award shows. Ooh, you have to go. I do. Uh, award shows. Lots of great performances. 1989. Best Taylor album. Nashville. Pancake Pantry. Ooh. Ooh. I love Pancake Pantry. <laughs> That was fun. Well, maybe we'll have to do that again sometime with our own made-up words. It's kind of fun. Maybe <laughs> we can make a Taylor-related word association game. We'll see. I always like those uh, when Taylor gets put in the hot seat and answers those questions. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do another call-in episode and do this with the listeners. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be fun. We could pick Taylor-related things like song titles or places or lyrics or anything, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. We want to give you a couple of reminders before we go. Please press subscribe on iTunes and it will download the latest episode for you automatically. And if you are looking at iTunes, it will only show the last 100 episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to any of the very early episodes, you can do so on our website, which is swiftcast13.com. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out on Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com, instagram.com slash theswiftcast13, facebook.com slash theswiftcast. If you want to email us, you can send it to theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. And if you'd like, please go leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to hear from you if you think we are doing some things well and you want to let us know, or if you think we could do some things better. Uh, we're open to listening to certain suggestions, so let us know. So next week, Taylor will do what? What do you guys think? I think Taylor will post another cat video, maybe where Meredith is in a better mood. I love that video, by the way. That was so funny. I think that she will bring this love back to the set list on the next show. I hope so. I think she will probably hang out in L.A. this week and probably be on the swan raft for practically the whole week. <laughs> well, being in LA, I hope that she hangs out with some people that she normally doesn't do. Maybe we'll see some pictures of that. 
Yeah, that's true. She should be out there really for the rest of the month. And I think, and I hope, uh, we've been getting all these little 15-second behind-the-scenes clips of Bad Blood. I hope we can get a full-length version at some point, you know, like a mm. five, ten-minute behind-the-scenes video, because uh, that'd be really neat to see. Yeah, I was thinking she might do that right before or right when voting closes to get people really voting. I was thinking that, too. Could be, and voting closes on the 13th, so that's very soon. Yeah, I really like the Kendrick video. I wanted more, so we'll see. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week with the recap of the Santa Clara shows and all the latest news that is happening. So for episode 119, this is Adam. Nate. Ashley. Ashley. And Steph. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Later. Thanks, guys. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.